Welcome back to Lobby Concessionals, the movie podcast where nobody's right and everybody's wrong. Uh, I'm Parker, and that's Brendan. Uh, this is our third episode. Uh, if you like what we're putting out, make sure to like and subscribe, follow along, let us know what you're thinking, how you're feeling, and what's going on. Today we're going to be taking a look at uh, some of the MCU films and the MCU as a wider thing. Uh, I'm a big fan. Brendan, you are so-so? I am a, I'm a, you know what? Like, I should be a fan, and I am a fan. I'm not, a, I'm not as big as a fan. Sure. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, it, it might be worth mentioning uh, that you have read, first of all, quantity-wise, far more comics than I have. And then on top of that, I think have just been, um, have followed comics for, for far longer. And, and, and a greater proportion of your life. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I'm, I'm just coming up on 30 years reading comics. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, like, I have always liked superheroes and yeah. i've always liked the idea of comics um i haven't traditionally read uh a lot of them it started reading more and more recently but um but just for for context there uh my dad was a big comic guy so he he got me into that uh he got me into spider-man um so uh yeah so it's always been a part of my life but you know again maybe not the same level of detail as your yeah um I think it's impossible to have a conversation about Marvel movies and and the MCU without, uh, at the very least, alluding to the comments from Martin Scorsese. Um, back in 2019, he famously uh, or infamously told uh, Empire Magazine that uh, when they asked him about Marvel movies, he says, I don't see them. I tried, you know, but that's not cinema. Honestly, the closest I can think of them, as well-made as they are, with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances, is theme parks. It is in the cinema of cine- human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. Um, following up on that, uh, he, post- or he wrote an opinion piece in the New York Times uh, to kind of uh, explain. Uh, and literally, the title of the piece is Martin Scorsese. I said, Marvel movies aren't cinema. Let me explain. So, um, uh, I, and I think most of what it comes down to is he immediately says, I never, like, I, I'm not a Marvel movie hater, and I don't, I don't dislike them. Uh, uh, I don't have a vendetta. Um, the, the best piece I can give you from that is him saying, many franchise films are made by people of considerable talent and artistry. You can see it on the screen. The fact that the films themselves don't interest me is a matter of personal taste and temperance. I know that if I were younger, I'd come of an age at a later time. Uh, I might have been excited by these pictures and maybe even wanted to make one myself. But I grew up when I did, and I developed a sense of movies, of what they were and what they could be, that was far from the Marvel Universe, as we on Earth are from Alpha Centauri. Which I think is fair. Um, I, and I, I think ultimately what people fail to see here, what people like is, or what people grab onto is the Marvel movies aren't cinema yeah. aspect. As opposed to the um, uh, Marvel movies, aren't um, uh, they're not the same type of artistry that he loves about filmmaking. Sure. Um, and as much as I love Marvel films, I think it, I am naive if I were to try and argue that they aren't studio productions. They aren't very clearly made by committee. Um, and I think what Marty's getting at is that 
in the films he knows and loves, in the films he creates, there is very clearly an artist there. Uh, yeah. And, and, and in some ways, a soul author. Um, and that's getting a little bit into architecture theory of who creates a movie. You know, when you're talking about thousands of people being involved in yeah. production, um, is, it, is it Martin Scorsese's movie? My argument would be yes, and I think that it's it's a hard you know again discussion for another day. But um, either way, I think he's right that it, there is some level of it's harder to see an individual fingerprint in those films. Now, that all being said, I wanted today to take a look at um, Marvel movies and and in some ways try and defend them um, because I think as much as what Marty is saying here is correct. I think there's a disingenuousness there, or at least um, uh, maybe a bit of naivete, uh, which is saying a lot, yeah. considering that I'm you know, not even 30 and uh, talking about the, the great Martin Scorsese. Um, so I, I think to start us off, I kind of wanted to um, look at the history of cinematic universes and, and why Marvel is as uh prolific and indifferent why it's unique like what why is this one started out and set off a um a powder keg of, of interest in in not only superheroes but in these films and and clearly you know like in in cinematic universes in general like there has been a plenty of offshoot sure um I think if I if I want to stretch this argument and maybe my credibility, um, the first cinematic universe that I could find, and again, bear with me, yeah, um, is uh, Abbott and Costello meet. Uh, <laughs> You're not gonna get an argument from me. I I love those movies, and, uh, and I'll, uh, I'll 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 deal with it. Yeah, I love it. So the these films, um, we have five films in this universe. Starting with uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Yeah. Now, at this point, just for context, we've had multiple Frankenstein movies. We've had multiple Abbott and Costello movies. Um, uh, so these are well-accepted characters, and, and uh, they're well-known in, in films. Um, so uh, the very first one here comes out in 1948. Yeah. Um, and then the following four, so we have Abbott and Costello meet Boris Karloff. Abbott and Costello meet the Invisible Man. Abbott and Costello meet Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, and Abbott and Costello meet the Mummy. Um, and those all happen in the next, I believe, it's ten years. Uh, Maybe not even. I can't imagine those being stretched out that far. Uh, first one is 1948. Uh, the Mummy's in 55, so seven yeah, years. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's the the first sign I think that we have something like this in cinema where um where we can have characters that exist in their own universes in their own films interacting with characters that exist in others yeah. um the 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 issue here uh and the difference here is that i think in a lot of ways those movies are supposed to be parody uh or maybe not parody but um uh they're supposed to be silly sure um you know frankenstein the or the, at least the the character they are they're meeting in that in that movie is not the same Frankenstein sure. that is in his own film. Yeah. Um, but so maybe, I, I guess all I'm getting at is, is that some sort of shared universe has existed in films for all the 70s. 
Jones. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, it, but it's really taken off recently with the success of, of Marvel. Uh, so we have Iron Man in 2008. Um, and uh, Avengers, the, the first Avengers film where a lot of people really looked at that as the marker that this 2012. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's 2012. Um, so using those two dates as touch points, um, the, the cinematic universes I could find that are worth noting, um, I think first and foremost is the DCEU. Um, <laughs> worth noting. Uh, <laughs> I thought you said. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, that starts in 2013 uh, with Man of Steel. Uh, my understanding, it is still ongoing. Uh, there is 11 films currently in that extended universe, uh, with six announced, um, including Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam. Uh, apparently, there's a Blue Beetle movie announced. Um, who's to say? This could be some of these things could just fall apart, and they will. Like <laughs> um, the other infamous one that, like, very noticeably was sort of trying to hang a little bit on, on Marvel's coattails is uh, Dark Universe. And I don't even think a lot of people are even aware of this. No. Um, but there was a planned universe uh, starting with Tom Cruise's The Mummy. Um, and uh, it was to feature uh, Frankenstein, The Bride of Frankenstein, Visible Man, uh, the, mum- or the Mummy, obviously. Yeah, Dracula. Uh, Dracula. Uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um, I believe Phantom of the Opera. Um, and probably a creature of the black from the black. Yeah, movie, yeah, 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 absolutely. The yeah, um, there was two films eventually released. Um, not even in the. Uh, no, one was retroactively added. Uh, no, I not even the. Actually, you're talking Dracula Untold. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so technically, in the Dark Universe, the Invisible Man, the Elizabeth Moss. Uh, that counts. It technically counts, apparently. So they made one um, good movie. They made one good movie. Uh, the Mummy was not good, unfortunately. I, I like the idea of where they were potentially going. I'd be interested to see more, sure. but like that was a rough one. Um, and the thing is, Invisible Man doesn't have any connection to it. No. So it's hard to argue it's sure. a shared universe. Technically, there is still 15 announced films to come out in this universe. Which no longer is not happening. Is is what I I was told or not told? I know I don't fucking yeah, know anybody, yeah. but I read that they had scuttled the entire thing. That, that was my understanding as well. Gone. But technically, <laughs> these are still on the list somewhere as sure. upcoming films. Sure. Um, so whether that's just I had the wrong sources or the sources I had were like, who knows? <laughs> even though everyone knows, um, I think the other thing, um, uh. If we're sorry, sorry, those two, DC EU and the Dark Universe, are the two I think that are the most egregious in terms of very noticeably sharing it, right? Like they're very noticeably um, characters that are existing and, and talking and communicating with each other and doing things that have consequences for each other. Um, there's also other movies like X Men. What do you think? Like the X Men themselves having their own shared universe like i would argue that the x-men could be a cinematic universe in terms of you know we've had 13 films um with the last entry being the new mutants in 2020 um (laughs) uh and then but like we had multiple different actors taking on the same character but they eventually still end up in the same 
yeah, kind like, of the timeline. I guess they don't ever interact. I guess like Patrick Stewart doesn't interact with James McAvoy. No, but they're in the same movie. They are. They are. And playing <laughs> obviously the same, the same character, character. You know, because of time travel and yada yada. So all the, what we're saying is under some proper guidance, it could have been a pretty good good or not absolutely <laughs> like it, I, I i think it becomes a little bit separate from the mcu in terms of that most of these characters basically exist solitarily um so they're 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 in their own movie and granted all of those movies are team movies but like they're in their own movie with their team and then nothing else yeah. or like or the sequels to that but that's basically it right yeah. um with the exception of wolverine who is in a lot of those films uh and his own solo spin-offs as well yeah. um and then interacting you know he's the only character that interacts interacts with the past version and the future version you know or whatever um so yeah it sort of works the other thing would be uh wizarding world um and so the Harry Potter films, I think it's hard to look at those as a cinematic universe because it's very clearly just sequels. A movie or and seven sequels, yeah. you know? And then Fantastic Beasts is clearly them trying to build a bit of a world. But that's something that's very, very clearly def- like inspired by Marvel. Marvel has made, been very successful, and then Wizarding World tries to copy this. And I think that's one of the bigger things, the reasons why Marty is correct um beyond the fact that the movies the mcu movies that are being produced maybe don't have their own artistic vision is the fact that they have inspired others to kind of do to be forced to make their own world or the 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 feeling like they oh a movie doesn't exist we can't just do a movie and some sequels it has to have interrelated and there has to be three or four different characters that have their own solo movies and then they interact and you know, the fact that we're they're inspiring that is really unfortunate, because um, you know, like even just looking at the DC uh, EU, that stuff, as far as I'm concerned, it's at its best when they're non-interacting. God, how backwards is that universe, though? Oh, to to how, and it's weird for a lot of these companies and studios to have the perfect blueprint, yep, and to continually mess it up. Oh, absolutely. Um, but just a just a quick aside, I I do want to give a little bit of maybe, maybe you you probably want to agree. <laughs> a little bit of credit uh-huh. to the Fast and Furious franchise. Oh, okay. For doing it first, doing what first? Uh, establishing a cinematic universe when they didn't when there was no concept of it. Well, well so, so how at what point do they do that? So they do it in Tokyo Seven. Drift. Which is basically 2005, 2006, I uh, believe. Okay. Uh, so in Tokyo Drift, we're, we are being told that it has nothing to do with the other Fast and the Furious movies. Okay. You know, the first one comes out and it's a mild success. The second one comes out and bombs. Uh, so the third one is this, it's, it's Justin Lin getting to play in Tokyo with cars. Which sure, is, sure, which sure. Which is great. He comes off of Better, uh, uh, Better Luck Tomorrow and it's a great movie. And he gets to do this stuff, and we're we're told it has nothing to do with Vin, Paul Walker, any of that stuff. Sure. So we're watching this movie, and uh, if you stay until the end credits, there's a bumper scene where Vin Diesel pulls up, and it's the it's part of the universe. So all of a sudden, retroactively, he's added it to this universe when yeah. we were told it wasn't. Yeah. And it's an end credit scene, and it's 
two to three years before Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I just looked it up. It is 2006. Yeah. So two years Two before. years before Iron Man. Yeah. So I, I want to give a little bit of credit where credit's due to Fast and Furious for attempting it first. So, so I guess my argument becomes, is that the only movie where that happened? Because effectively, the rest of them are all sequels. The, the, sequels yeah. Sequels so like, it, it happens, and now it's officially put into that universe, that yeah. movie. But it's even then, it's a little bit weird because now you, they, the, with the success of Tokyo Drift, I guess you could call it a success. They go back and they make a bunch of movies. They make three movies that take place before Tokyo Drift. Oh, they do, don't they? Yeah. yeah so yeah, Tokyo yeah. Drift is technically happens after six, or right, yeah, between right, six right, and right, seven. Right, right. So and and then they also do a bunch of bumper scenes. But by the time you get to that. The Marvel Universe is established, and now everybody's doing bumper scenes. Yeah, yeah, correct. I think um, e- even by Fast and Furious, which is actually number four. Which probably comes out the same year as Iron Man. I was going to say, I think even that is, uh, it's 2009. So at that point, theoretically, maybe even inspired slightly. But well, actually, no, there wasn't enough in no, after Iron Man to inspire that yet. So it's Iron Man and Hulk, I believe, um, right? Or is it Iron Man and Iron Man 2? No, it's Hulk. It's Hulk. Uh, Hulk comes out the same year yeah, as Iron same Man, year. actually. So, um, so uh, yeah, by Fast and Furious 6 in 2013, you know, there's an argument there. The Avengers has already come out uh, that maybe decisions that the Fast and Furious team makes by that point could be inspired by the Avengers' success. Absolutely. However, you're right. They had to have made these decisions. Yeah. Now, let me just, a quick aside. What is going on with the Fast and Furious naming scheme? <laughs> like, these movies don't make any sense. We've got Fast and Furious. We've got Too Fast, Too Furious. We've got Fast and Furious. No, sorry. The Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift. And then our next is Fast and Furious. Yeah. Which is supposed to be four. And which... then we've got Fast Five. So we just drop Furious for a second. And then we're, uh, we're, we're six here. Oh, then it's Fast and Furious Six. Yes. Okay. Okay. Furious Seven. Yeah. What, what what are we, we doing? doing? No, I don't know. And the 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 absolute missed opportunity for four fast four serious is mind boggling to me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to move on without any comment. Um, so there is lots of franchises that have done this, um, and I think so. I found myself questioning why why does Marty target Marvel? Now, obviously, it's because of popularity and success you know like just from a financial point of view obviously the marvel franchise is has succeeded in ways that none of what we've just mentioned have yeah um but i i think beyond the financial success i think it is that it is effective in a way that none of these other franchises truly are um uh i know feige had said at one point that he actually turned to the harry potter films and use those as a bit of an inspiration for some of what he did with um, uh, the MCU. And basically that you can watch any one of those movies. Or what he says is you can watch any one of those movies and not be lost. That the Harry Potter does a, uh, films do a good job of sort of not necessarily summarizing what's happened before, but giving you a quick view of like, these are the main characters. And they introduce people in a way that, you know, if you're completely lost and you watch Harry Potter, Goblet of Fire, you're not going to be. Yeah. You're able to still enjoy that film as an individual film for itself. Um, so, uh, so that success has been uh, pretty exceptional. 
because they're they're approachable. It's easy for people to get involved. Um, so I, I think that's why the MCU gets targeted. Um, I guess what this comes down to for me is I understand where detractors are coming from. These are studio films. Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3 basically all feel like they're made by the same entity. Um, maybe Iron Man 3 a bit of a div uh, like divorced from that, but not really. Not, not enough to, uh, to make it different. Um, Thor feels like it could be directed by literally anyone. Um, you know, Kenneth Branagh definitely has a little bit of his, the director of Thor has a little bit of his own uh, appeal in that. Yeah, Dark and World even more so. And like, just in terms of being, could have been anybody. Could have been anyone. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, so I think the first MCU film outside of Iron Man, which again, it sort of set the tone. Um, and I can't really discredit Favreau for not having a fingerprint on that. Yeah. Because who's to say if he inspired the whole MCU sure. or, you know, um, but outside of Iron Man, I think the first one that really does feel like it has its own unique um, creative fingerprint is Avengers. Uh, agreed. Because 100%. I, it, it it's, a feels, it's a Whedon thing. It definitely feels like a Whedon film. And it is written like a Whedon film. Yeah. Um, next to that, we have James Gunn uh, with Guardians of the Galaxy. And that's the next one I can really point to and say, this feels like him. Like, this is a James Gunn film. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you look at The Suicide Squad. And even though that movie is very noticeably made for much a uh, much more adult audience, um, it feels like Guardians of the Galaxy, but on Earth with blood, you know, like it, it, or not, not that it feels like it's the rehash, but it that it's that's James, that's a James Gunn movie. Yeah, like yeah, both yeah. of those feel very very similar thematically or um, uh, character wise. The, sure. the character beats are, are similar. Handles he's, his fingerprints all over. Yeah. Um. Next to that. I'd I'd argue the Russos. I mean, at the time sure. at the time they were kind of unknown and just did TV. But looking through the catalog now, after all this time, and, and Winter Soldier is definitely a Russo. Yeah, is, is yeah, Russo. I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and I think the quality of that film, in some ways, speaks for itself. But beyond that, it shows that their fingerprints are on that because that film is amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I think some of the the best Marvel movies are the ones that are creatives or have been involved enough to put their fingerprints on. Yeah. Um, so my argument is, is that not every, every single one of these MCU movies falls to this trap of, you know, this is different. This is, or, uh, this is the same. However, we've had 24, the one that, more than that, that's like the 26, 26, 26 MCU films. Um, and I would say 20 of them, maybe a little less feel like they're studio-made. They feel like they're the same. Um, so, that all being said, I feel like I've been kind of dunking on Marvel a little bit, you know? I want to... I think the big thing that they um, uh, provide, um, the thing that people don't give Marvel credit enough for, especially during the, the pandemic or, or after the pandemic, um, is, is sort of saving movie theaters. Sure. Um, you know, we look at the biggest films of, of 2021 um, are Marvel films. And I think that's, you know, is that a bad thing? Maybe. Maybe there's not enough uh, variety going into cinemas. But I also think that 
you know, you look at it, the, all the movies released in a year, how many of those are going to be good? Yeah. Like truly watchable. Yeah. I don't know. 20, 30%. Um, and so I, I think people are looking for, a, first of all, the degree of familiarity, but secondly, something that they can rely on. Um, and the, and Marvel films have been able to um, uh, deliver that. Yeah. Um, looking at, what would you say is the, outside of a Marvel film, the biggest movie of, um, of the pandemic? Uh, biggest movie of the pandemic uh, is probably Fast 9. Really? I would say. Uh, okay. I didn't even consider Fast 9, I'll be honest. <laughs> I I would I would probably say Fast Nine or at least, uh, yeah I I I think I'd say Fast Nine. Um, so I had initially considered Tenet, which might be a little bit of a rough one, just because that movie is, uh, there's some barriers to entry. Yeah, right. Like with a lot of Chris Nolan yeah, movies, but he had he had the luxury of not having a bunch of movies come out around it. So he got to stay in theaters for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so that's a good point, is that, like, uh, I guess the argument can be the reason Marvel movies have been successful is because they're familiar and because nothing else is really coming out during this time. Yeah. But looking at some of the movies that have come out in the same period, so Fast Nine's a good example. Um, unfortunately, I have to kind of rely on box office as, as a yeah. measure of success, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Um, so... Uh, worldwide box office for Fast Nine is seven hundred and twenty-six million. That's not bad. Um, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, most of that is seventy-six percent of that is international. Makes um, sense. Yeah, absolutely. Those movies have always done really well. Um, I think personally because of diverse casting, um, uh, or like fairly diverse casting anyway, um, and uh, and just you know like it's. Easy appeal. It's yeah, the car culture is worldwide, right? It's international, so mm-hmm. it's it's everywhere, and they 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 show that by traveling just about anywhere in the world. So yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Um, so, so it's not maybe not a fair comparison, <laughs> um, but Spider Man No Way Home at this point has pulled one point eight billion worldwide. Um, so a billion dollars more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like so, pretty significant jumps. Um, yeah. Tenant. Uh, it was the example I was initially thinking. Um, and uh, I think Christopher Nolan movies in the past have been, you know, they're quite successful. Um, uh, that had a budget of $200 million and, um, and a box office, worldwide box office of $363 million. Um, so it didn't even double it. Um, you look at all of the Marvel movies that have been released during the pandemic. So we have Spider-Man Noah Hill. You got Eternals, you got Shang Chi, and you got Black Widow. Yeah. Um, the the worst of the bunch, um, box office wise, is Black Widow with three hundred and seventy nine million, still clearing Tenant by fifteen. Uh, and they still had the day day of stream release. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a day of and it Disney still made more release. money. Yeah. Um. So I I think some of the the comments that you know and. I'm not going to keep picking on Marty. The fact <laughs> is, Martin Scorsese said these things, sure. and if he's correct, I think, about a lot of what he, his comments were. I think a lot of people jumped on that train with him. Yeah. Um, and typically, the people I've seen that have really dove, dove into it and really been like, ah, screw Marvel, are people that are um, 
don't have a name like Marty does. You know, like clearly he doesn't have to prove himself that he's being asked this question because people value his opinion. Um, other people are being asked this question. So they're like, oh, what do you think of Marty? Because they want to draw battle lines. Yeah, the yeah, media yeah. wants to see, oh, who's who's on what side, on you know, side. draw drum up some yeah, yeah, yeah. hype. Um, and so some of the people that have dove into hating Marvel a little bit more, maybe are just trying to find a name for themselves, you know, and sure. it, they'll ride at five minutes. Of- um, but some of the people that say that are the same people that are saying we need to keep theaters open. You know, the theater experience is, is number one. Um, and those two things don't coexist in my mind. Um, you know, you can't remove Marvel movies from, from a theater and then have theaters stay open. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, it's tough. Uh, I'll play devil's advocate. Okay. I'll play devil's advocate here. Cause yes, physically, if you, if, if, you know, Marvel movies three, four times a year are going to drive people into theaters mm-hmm. but you have to take into account the amount of damage those movies do to theater movies and in my mind the reason why a lot of guys bag like a lot of creatives bag on marvel mm-hmm. is because if you take a look at that studio uh that studio structure um over, what do you- the, over the last 10 years okay. over the last 10 years I would argue that Marvel's done just as much damage to theaters as they've brought people into theaters. Because I don't think movies like The Mummy exist if Marvel isn't pushing other studios to try to play catch up. And that's not, that's obviously not Marvel's thing to go out of their way to do that. Sure, sure, sure. But if I'm Universal, if I'm Warner Brothers, if I'm Sony, and I'm looking over across the street at Disney, who not only has Marvel, but Star Wars, yeah. Pixar, and, and then their live action stuff went skyrocket over the last five years. Sure, sure. If sure. I'm if I'm universal, I'm like, what is the quickest way for me to compete? And what do we have? Like yeah. we're just opening drawers and be like, oh shit, I have the mummy, Dracula, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> werewolf. Yeah, 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 yeah. Put them together. Mm-hmm. And so now mm-hmm. I'm making movies, not because I want to make movies or good movies. It's I'm trying to compete for space and I'm trying to compete for dollars. And the DCU is a perfect example of that. The idea that you're like, here's a Superman movie. Yeah. Uh, here's a Superman Batman movie. And now here's the Justice League. Yeah. <laughs> it's a race. It's not, yeah. it's not about quality or anything like that. It's these studios feeling like their backs up against the wall because their, their retail space, their floor space is gone. Sure. If, if Disney as a studio has five movies out at one time because they have five different studios, you know... Even if your theater has 17 screens, that means there's really only seven screens that aren't showing Disney movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? So at the end of the day, the damage being done from, from them just being successful is, um, is quite, you know, and, and that's, that's hearsay. That's a lot of, but that's speculation. Sure. But it's impossible not to look at the blueprint of the DCU and be like, they're trying to catch up. Yeah, yeah and, and that's, that's fair. fair. Um, I, I think, think, I think my my concern becomes there: is that the job, or is that the fault of of Marvel doing well, or is that the fault of of uh, Warner Brothers failing? Like looking specifically Marvel versus DCU, and I, I don't, I hate the tribalism. There. Like I, I don't want this to be. Uh, Marvel versus DC conversation, but it's impossible not to. Absolutely. You know, like, it, it, I think it's a good comparison. 
I guess my argument is, is that DC still has, or Warner Brothers, I guess in this case, the for Logan Studio versus Studio, has um, characters that I want to see. I want to see them do things. I want to, you know, like I, I love that. Um, so let's do it. Why are they mishandling these characters? Right. Uh, you've said it a bunch of times already. It's fight to 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 be able to have somebody to go to bat for you creatively. To be able to have somebody you can sit and talk to creatively with one vision or a shared vision, and it's it's not always going to work. Edgar Wright, Patty Jenkins have all gone up against Feige and Disney, and it just hasn't worked out. Uh, you know, so but the idea, you know, and DC's tried it. They 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 did stuff with Snyder, uh, but there's still not somebody he's answering to. Absolutely, and, and there's not somebody else like Snyder and Patty Jenkins aren't chilling out and talking about what what the grand scheme of of that how she fits into that universe is. Sure. or at least it doesn't feel like it because the wonder woman i saw in patty jenkins first wonder woman movie <laughs> yeah is nowhere near the, the the wonder woman i'm seeing in justice league yeah, yeah. or in the second or wonder in woman. the second uh, but that's yeah. a patty that's a, that's a different problem yeah uh so again it, it's just it doesn't feel like and i know they've tried to put people in like david goyer jeff jeff johns but the idea, you know, you go back to that Joss Whedon stuff with DC, mm-hmm. how the studios are unaware of this is happening. Uh, things are happening on set. And I just couldn't imagine that happening on a Marvel set with Feige in charge. So just to be to be clear, though, you're referring to the uh, abuse allegations yes, on, on, on the set League. of Justice League? Yeah. And so you don't think that could happen? It's not capacity? that I don't. I don't think it could happen. But I just, I just, I feel like, I think more people would be made aware. You know, like again, Feige again is such it's such an open thing for him, uh, communication wise with his his creatives and and uh, whatnot. And I I don't know for sure. I just don't. But you you don't talk about a Marvel movie without Feige being involved. And absolutely, you definitely hear tons of talk about DC movies where there's not a central figure. Yeah, yeah. Um... Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Like so, Feige is definitely the the creative head, yeah. or or I don't even know if he's the creative head. He his uh, title is, I believe, he is head of Marvel Studios. Yeah, um, of Marvel now because I think he's also the head of, of publishing now too. Really, I think that his new job uh, gives him that title as well. Um, president yeah. of Marvel Studios. Uh, and the Wikipedia just lists him as the primary producer of the Marvel Cinematic Universe sure. franchise, which yeah. he is, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And for and for all of the hubbub we got about the Snyder Cut, the mm-hmm. idea that we that we the, well, the idea that anybody had to, or people had to fight for a Snyder Cut is ridiculous because we'll you, you twenty seven twenty six movies in and it's not like we've ever heard like release the tiger cut yeah 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 yeah. it's a singular vision like it's, yeah it's sure with the creative like with working hand in hand with your director to put out the best product possible and it, it like i get it there was a tragedy and there's a whole bunch of other stuff going yep. on with the snyder stuff totally but the idea now we're now we're looking getting a, a what's the the suicide squad guy uh, uh james Bond? no no the oh. first one they're releasing oh uh, david uh, hayer david, david, david ayers ayers. Ayers. ayers like release the ayers cut why why yeah. why is why is there a movie out there that somebody made that's different from what the studio wanted, different from what the director wanted? So, 
I think that's a problem with studio films in general. Um, and, and you mentioned, you paid lip service to this already, but Edgar Wright famously was attached and um, wrote the script for uh, Ant-Man um, with Paul Rudd. And I can't remember specifically, but uh, I believe they had uh, actually done some filming already. Uh, and and they ended up cutting them. Um, and so Marvel Studios and Edgar Wright parted ways over you know the classic creative differences sure um my understanding was uh and this could be rumor and hearsay so don't, don't quote me um uh but my understanding was is that edgar wright effectively wanted ant-man to exist on his own and didn't want him to be tied into the avengers at all um which frankly is hilarious that like i love edgar wright yeah. But come on, man. Like, what were you thinking? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, anyway, I feel like, you know, the, the, there could be a version of, of Ant-Man that exists out there or that is in partial existence. That is the, the Edgar Wright cut. That is his way of doing that film. Um, but, but ultimately, at the end of the day, I don't even know if I want to see it. Uh, and, and partially that's because I'm not interested in seeing an Ant-Man that's not involved with the rest of the Avengers. But, but I think the bigger side of it is, is that I was happy with the movie that came out. Was it an Edgar Wright movie? No. Like, and, and, and I, again, love everything that guys put out. So um, would I love to see a true Edgar Wright MCU movie? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, you know, clearly he doesn't want to make that. No. Um, so I was perfectly happy with what we got. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I still feel like there's plenty of Edgar Wright's fingerprints, at least in some of that writing. Um, that script still does feel like it's got the punchiness of his, yeah. uh, of his style. Um, so I think there is some of that strife at Marvel, but I think you're right that Feige has got his, um, he's got enough control of what's going on. Yeah, and it's not even control. It's uh, the idea that, you know, he'll go to bat for you. Mm -hmm. DC doesn't have a guy like that. Sure. Right? Again, if the weed and stuff, like the idea that these actors have to slowly come out and stand up for each other as opposed to one person being like, going to the studio and be like, no, we're doing it this way or I'm walking, mm -hmm. which I think he's, I think he's been rumored to do like once or twice now. Wow. Yeah. And I don't know for what reasons or whatnot, but they're, I mean, it's always rumors and it's always something. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, but the idea that Feige will go and, you know, wants to fight for a Black Widow movie four years before it came out. Yeah. Uh, will fight for the direction of a Taika or whatever like that, even though it doesn't fit to what a perceived studio idea is well, for those movies. Taika is a great example. Um, uh, Taika Waititi, the director of, of Thor Ragnarok, um, he comes in after two Thor movies have been made uh, and completely changes the direction of that character. Um, now, granted, I, I think it was pretty clear that Marvel didn't know entirely what they were doing with him. Um, in uh, uh, both Avengers movies, Thor kind of... Uh, you get a little bit more of a comedic side from him. Not that there's no comedy in, in, his, uh, in his first two solo albums, but he definitely has to... Um, be a leading man a little bit more. Yeah. While in those Avengers films, they get a chance to kind of be comedic. And I think there was a little bit of uh, uh, identity crisis with that character and what we were, what they were doing with him. Um, but Taika comes in and says, I want to make this. And it 
the movie we get is completely divorced from where that character seemed to be going and it set him entirely on a new path and um and it's a good path and i think you're totally right a um there is no way that that would traditionally happen you know like that's that's not a studio decision um like ultimately sure it is and like there it is i think i think it is in the sense that they kind of just want to let it go like i think and it's weird. Like a lot of Marvel history is this way, where a character kind of runs its course. So as a, a last hurrah, they kind of just let a creative one person walk in and be like, yeah, "Just do whatever you want with it. We don't really care anymore." Mm. You know, I think Hemsworth was at the end of his contract or close to. Sure. At the, I think everybody was running out at the same time. Yeah. So yeah, here, do whatever you want with him. He's done. Yeah. You know, that was the that was the reason why Fantastic Four number one was a thing. They they were just like. I think Stan and Jack were kind of at their wit's end with Marvel, and they were just like, they were just like, we're just gonna make comics, and if you put them out, you put them out. Sure, you know that's why we got the X Men we have now because the first original five kind of were running through reprints, and in 1975 they were just like, you want to do something with them, and they did, and now we have the X Men. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, so I, it feels like that a little bit. So it's not that the studio doesn't it, it isn't involved, but it just feels like they're just like. Well, we got to do something. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, fair enough. Okay. Um, so, so, sorry. Getting back to some of what I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, you would argue that that their impact hasn't been to save movie theaters. You would argue that they've done damage. I, 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 I'd argue that they're they they've done in equally amounts. Like they okay. they they've done enough to to keep people in theaters, but I think they've done enough damage to 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 flood the market with really bad movies. Not them. They don't flood the, they put yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they're yeah. they're they're pushing a pace that is not and, and and when I speak of them, I don't even know if it's Marvel anymore. I am speaking about Disney as a whole. Sure. Right? Okay. Because now we're talking like a Star Wars movie year, four Marvel movies, one or two live action movies, a Pixar and an animated. So now we're talking yeah. about one big Disney release a month. Yeah. Yeah, at least just yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's probably not even counting Disney Plus. That's not counting Disney Plus. That's yeah. not the shows and all that stuff. So they're just flooding the market with content, whether it's good content or not. But it is what you said. It's reliable content. Yep. Yep. It's and it's franchise that people are 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 safe with, even yep. if Star uh, we, Star Wars is a different episode <laughs> for sure. But it, it's definitely, I again as a as a movie as a movie studio looking to be like, oh, so I have, I have a spot. I have a two-week spot in March. I could release my film. Mm-hmm. You know, and it has to And be, that's your whole year. And that's mean. my whole year. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a two-week spot in March, and it has to be worthwhile. And I don't know what that is anymore. So sure. let's, let's, let's just make a fifth Jurassic Park movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, but, but, yeah. and it's also not that. Like, you look at who's in these movies, right? Chris Pratt is a... Chris Pratt in Jurassic Park is a direct result of him being in the Marvel movies. Oh, he's he's just Star Lord, but with Raptors. Yeah, yeah, and you know, so we're just it's plug and play for a lot of these these studios. Totally, be like oh, here's a, a franchise that we need, we can make some money off of, and here's a bankable star. Yeah. So yeah, so as much as they they put asses in seats for twelve months of the year and make hand over fist money, I, they, they, it just feels like they're squeezing out not not smaller movies. I think independent movies is a different thing. Sure, completely. But they are squeezing out big budget movies. Well, and and I, you know, to your point, I think smaller movies is a different thing. Um, 
I, I think the, the beauty of, of Disney kind of swamping the market a bit is that um, I think it forces studios like Netflix and Amazon um, that are using streaming services to bet on smaller guys. Absolutely. And I honestly think that we are getting more um, options in terms of uh, smaller, you know, potentially riskier flicks uh on on streaming services because there's no place for them in, in in a in a theater and frankly netflix can't put out a marvel movie they can't like they they don't have the the ip they don't have the characters they don't have the they probably have the money but like um uh ultimately the big hits you're seeing from netflix aren't competing with marvel movies yeah. they're not they didn't make their own superhero you know like I'm, sh- there's definitely big budget stuff that you read. Notice is a huge yeah. thing for them, but like, they did just sign a giant comic book deal with Mark Miller. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but but even that isn't uh, uh, isn't the same. Um, no. But but for it, context, it d- Mark Miller, creator of Kickass, Kingsman, yeah, more adult fare than than most of the Avengers stuff we've seen. Yeah, correct. But it but it does have a sense of grasping at straws a little bit mm. to do it this late to be like we'll just sign anybody that'll sign with us <laughs> <laughs> you know so and and maybe that's just coming from me uh, if people are excited about things like the boys or invincible on yep. amazon but there there is a trickle down effect yep people are people are looking for just about anything to adapt yeah fair fair um so Leaving the saving movie theaters uh, sure. aside, because I, I think you're right that there is, um, outside of the the initial like or outside of the the pure base financials of it, there is uh, ripples that um, or waves really that that the MCU has created that forces uh, studios and has pushed studios to make particular decisions, um, and that's not always been good for the, the industry. Yeah. Um, I do think, though, uh, and you know, I think I'm actually setting you up for a good counterpoint here, but <laughs> I do think Marvel has the benefit of um, of bringing uh, indie creatives and indie directors uh, to the forefront. Um, so uh, I've got five examples right away. Yeah. Um, Taika Waititi, who's known uh, for uh, Thor Ragnarok, yeah. or sorry, for MCU is Thor Ragnarok. John Watts, uh, who did the Spider-Man trilogy. Uh, James Gunn, who did uh, both Guardians of the Galaxies and the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Um, Anthony and Joe Russo, uh, who did, like you said, Arrested Development and Community. They were doing those yeah, episodes yeah. of TV. And then they did uh, uh, the uh, Captain America 2 and 3 and uh, Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. Uh, and then Ryan Coogler, uh, who did Black, Black Panther. And I think that these people, in some cases, we're known for something. Uh, but in a lot of cases, we're indie darlings and uh, have now been put into a position where it's like, okay, we're not going to give you, you know, was uh, Ryan Coogler able to make the, uh, you know, Fruitvale Station of um, of the MCU? Maybe. You know, like I would say Black Panther is the closest we're going to get to a... Uh, There's more Creed than Fruitvale Station. Sure, Creed Creed's a good example. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, I think the, the Black Panther is probably the closest we're going to get to, uh, Marvel truly winning a uh an industry award. 
you know, like yeah. a, an Oscar in particular. Um, uh, but like, would Kugler have been given the same opportunities if his name wasn't launched in the stratosphere with, yeah. uh, with Marvel? Uh, or Taika, I think is the perfect example. Taika Waititi, do we have Jojo Rabbit if we don't have uh, Taika doing uh, Thor Ragnarok? I would argue no. That's fair. Uh, and that's a really good argument. I know, I know Taika's creative process is like years. Oh, yeah? Yeah, years. So I, but I don't know. Obviously, I, he, he said that he usually writes something, puts it away for like a year, two years, and then opens it up and rewrites it from scratch. Oh, and I'm sure he had JoJo written. Yeah, was it going to get made? made yeah, fair you know? enough. Fair enough. I mean, he had a lot of indie buzz for sure. Uh, and and you're you're probably you're more right than wrong in the in, in, the, <laughs> in the whole grand scheme of it, right? But uh, but again, it, it the stuff that they get to do and the people that they affect are are the only possible because for every for every James Gunn that you get. In the Marvel Universe, you get Mark Webb outside the Marvel Universe. Sure. Or sure. you get... Uh, or you get um... For context, Mark Webb is... Uh, was, at least as far as I was concerned, known for 500 Days of Summer. And then yeah. went on to do The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. Yeah. And 2 was obviously a bit of a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other, the other the one I always go to is Duncan Jones. Duncan uh, Jones. Who did Moon and uh, Source Code. Right. Yeah, uh, and both the, great movies. Both great movie, and so. then World of Warcraft, and then Warcraft. Yeah, and yeah. now is I I think he's got a new movie coming out. So I should hope so. <laughs> um, but it, it's stuff like that where where they where other studios again, uh, jump the gun, try to replicate a formula that's working. Yeah, and completely destroy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a great point. Um, I I think that um, it's hard because I I look at that and go, is that Marvel's problem? Absolutely, it might be Marvel's fault. But like, what else? What's the alternative? Like, and it's not their fault for being successful. Yeah, totally, absolutely, absolutely not. Right, and you, and there's other times where you get guys get lucky. I I always look at uh, I always look at Matthew Vaughn. Uh, we've talked about him a lot because he, he's the, the king's man is out right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know that's a guy that was that made Layer Cake, got a little bit of indie buzz, made uh, Stardust, and then he made First Class. Because, right. But basically, then he's just made Kingsman's movies, and whether he's playing it safe or whether he's enjoying himself overly too much, or maybe you know, is does he feel like he got a He's got to ride it while it's hot, and he's being and he's successful, and he's one of the lucky ones. Because yeah. I can't, I can't name a lot of other guys yeah. that have that kind of success streak. Whether those movies are good or not, to be an indie guy and to come over and 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 direct triple A triple A movies to the success that he's had. Yeah, there's not that many of them. Well, and Kickass was in the middle of there too. Oh, so that's right. I would argue the first. Uh, five movies that guy puts out are incredible. So we got Layer Cake, Stardust, Kick-Ass, X-Men First Class, and Kingsman The Secret Service. Yeah. Um, the second Kingsman, you know, I enjoyed it. Sure. Uh, sure. It's definitely not as well critically received. So, <laughs> um, but either way, I, 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 I see what you're saying for yeah. sure. And I, and I think there's, there's an argument there. Um, it's, it, it's tough. And, and I think where Marvel has to 
recognize and you know not marvel's comics but marvel studios has to recognize their their impact to this industry um is in the fact that they are an industry leader now and so the decisions they make are going to be replicated and copied yeah um so if that has something a capacity to to hurt the industry as a whole they need to be aware of that fact but do you care you're making a billion dollars every month (laughs) like i don't know I probably wouldn't, you know, like <laughs> it's, it's a billion dollars. Um, and, and on top of that, it's a billion dollars for, um, you know, people are, are raining on them and, you know, like upset with them, but like, it's, they're pretty good movies at the very least. Again, they're, they're consistent. Um, and I think that that goes to show, um, you know this again the success of Feige and, and what that guy's done with with the the Marvel formula uh and and kept things you know enjoyable from an audience point of view um so i i you know i think if i was in um james dunn's shoes i wouldn't feel bad about any of the decisions i've made he doesn't you know <laughs> well exactly that's what i mean i don't think there's anything wrong yeah. with that i think that guy's killing yeah uh i think they're kind of like bring up point that uh that helps you a little bit that i think that they do that nobody else does Mm -hmm. is that they've they've successfully and i don't whether they wanted to do it or not whether it was the plan i think it was they've made movies social again oh okay in in terms of people being able to talk like those movies being event movies or yeah not just event movies but uh, you know uh you think of the chatter between infinity war and endgame sure who dies who doesn't yeah it's it became water cooler talk yeah uh and 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 they kept it up for 26 movies yeah yeah absolutely they have um i think uh and maybe this just goes to show how much i like comic books the last movie i can really think i i talked that much about or or, or similarly um was probably dark knight rises uh you know third in the dark knight trilogy sure um and there was a i had a there's a lot of theories there's thoughts i had um and you know i i I don't think i think you're correct i I don't think we get the same sort of event no and and even when you can talk about dark knight and stuff like in between movies but to to keep that momentum over 10 years on top of 24 movies and and making movies like ant-man and the wasp must, must watch yeah because of an end credit scene uh that's kind of genius at the end of the day yeah oh right? yeah totally uh, and to 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 keep up uh people's interest that way yeah uh, and not just to, and to to elevate it to a point where it's not just comic book nerds sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and like right? the fact that these are are well recognized names now like um uh staples yeah. you know like no one knew who iron man was no. you know 15 years ago um or or no you know non comic book fan sure um <clears throat> i i mentioned something about them being the industry leaders and having some sort of responsibility there i i think i wanted to touch on that again just in terms of um uh something they don't get enough credit for is i believe that that marvel has really set the standard for uh diversity and inclusion within uh film um and i think that they were sort of a, a a leader uh given that they're set the tone in a lot of things to making sure that that we're getting uh a, a diverse set of stories 
and a diverse set of characters um, in in a variety of, of, of formats. Um, you know, like, as cringy as some of that girl power shot was in Avengers Endgame, um, you know, I think we need a few shots like that that are a little more cringe. You gotta, uh, you gotta hammer it home to make a to make a point, right? Absolutely, like, yeah. absolutely. And and we need a few of those. We need a few Captain Marvels where you know there's a bunch of men on the internet that decided that movie was awful, <laughs> and like it was mediocre. I would say, you know, like it it. But way to be a guy on the internet. <laughs> I, I'll defend that movie a lot, yeah. and it's simply because so much of the hate that movie received was from people misogynists, frankly, like yeah, people yeah. that weren't happy that there was a woman in a role. Um, you know, like they weren't happy that Brie Larson was calling them out on their shit. Yeah. You know, like her being told to smile more, and then she photoshopped smiles on all the men in the <laughs> in, in the MCU movie posters is incredible. Um. Uh, so she's great. And like, you know, again, that movie didn't live up to my expectations or hopes, but I think they deserve some credit for the fact that, um, you know, the fact that Black Panther was the, the cultural touchstone it deserved to be. Yeah. Um, the fact that that touched people's lives in a way that, you know, they didn't expect no one. Not no, no one, but that wasn't being done, not in blockbuster film. Sure. And I think that they, again, set the tone in a way that, you know, uh, no one else could. I think the best way to put it is they've done such an amazing job of getting you to watch movies that aren't made for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Sure. Uh, at the end of the day, you, Captain Marvel might not have, you might not have enjoyed Captain Marvel. That movie wasn't made for no you white, white, white guy yeah. so that loves superheroes. A straight white man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not. It's um, correct. But you watched it. And you enjoyed some of it. Yep. Right? Yep. Black Panther, sure, in the grand scheme of getting you into a theater, is a superhero movie. Yep. But it wasn't meant to speak to you. Not at all. Not right? at all. And I, I think that the fact that it does, obviously not the same way it speaks to the people, but it, it causes me to think, and, you know, like, the number of stories I heard about how kids were stoked that they were able to see someone that represented them on a screen. Yeah. That's literally not something I've ever had to think about. <sighs> and like the fact that basically that never crossed my mind for the first 25 years of my life is mind blowing. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll admit it. I, I'm a grown ass man that almost cried in the first half an hour of Shang-Chi. Mm. Yeah. Just straight up. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I, I, so you're right there. And then it, it, it always hasn't been that way with Marvel. You know, the first couple of years are, very white. Ooh, very white man. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The first woman we get is Black Widow in Iron Man 2, and yeah. she is just a sex object, <laughs> you know? Like. But the idea that there's progress and they're actively trying yep. uh, is a huge deal. Uh, and the idea that they still get shit for it is, is insane to me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, I, I think that's something where they've really taken their role as, a, as an industry leader and recognize the fact that they have a responsibility yeah. to to make changes, you know, and, and, and to be a force for good, let's say, you know, yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. set a standard. Um, I, I think that's effectively... Um, it's, it's tough. It's, it's like a... It is a non... A, I don't know that there's a a winner. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know? no, and, and not that this was like an argument or anything, like that, but it's just in the grand scheme of 
if Marvel's good for the industry or not. Yeah, and I think the problem is, is the way I always hear this discourse is Marvel movies aren't cinema. <laughs> not every movie is going to be Citizen Kane. And, and I think there needs to be a, a middle. middle ground there. Like, yeah, obviously Iron Man isn't going to be Citizen <laughs> Kane, you idiots. Like, you know, people aren't asking for that. And I think that, um, uh, you know, Scorsese recognizing the fact that these movies aren't made for him and that it's ultimately not going to be a movie he personally enjoys is totally fine. Yeah. You know, absolutely great. Go nuts, man. I don't love period pieces. I'm not a bad person for having that opinion. Yeah, but you're a wrong one. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> so my really quickly because I know we're we're running out here, but like, is the argument that because we've had movies like uh, Dark Knight and the first Iron Man, I'd argue Winter Soldier, sure, that we should keep striving for that quality, that we should like the idea that you you know things like Iron Man, Black Panther. The first Guardians movie, Winter Soldier, exist. That shouldn't the other twenty movies be of that quality? I, I would argue they should, and I think that in 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 their own way, Marvel keeps trying to do that. Um, you look at Eternals; that was not a movie that anyone, like at, at comic fans or um or movie fans, expected. Um, or wanted. Well, wanted, yeah, maybe. Um, but that was true for Guardians of the Galaxy initially too, sure. right? Everyone was shocked about that. Now, obviously, in one case, that turned out to be uh, filled with characters people loved. In the other case, it was off-putting and strange. You know, like um. So, I I I think they are striving for that, and I do think that they take more risks than people give them credit for. Sure. Um. Yeah, absolutely. It still fits the formula, and yeah, absolutely. Those movies are still those characters are designed to um be able to slot into any Avengers movie or any team up film and not feel weird. Yeah. But I do think the fact that they rely on maybe, you know, fairly untested directors, um, they have uh fairly regularly hired, you know, pretty unknown people, especially in the first few uh films there. Uh or or people that weren't like RDJ is a perfect example of someone that was blacklisted by the industry, you know? And so they went against that blacklist because they believed this was a good cast. Um, Chris Pratt, as much as, you know, love him or hate him, um, James Gunn said, this is Star-Lord, and he's correct. Yeah. Um, he nailed, the casting is perfect. And uh, Chris Pratt, frankly, is heavier than most of the uh, male, um, like the buff guys in Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, that, and they decided that was okay. Um, and you know, as a studio, like he lost a bunch of weight, uh, but definitely still has a few pounds is <laughs> beefy as most of the people in that, yeah. uh, universe. And I think that's still a bit of a, uh, of a, uh, going out on a limb. It's a bit of a risk, you know? Yeah. Um, but you're right. The fact that we have, you know, effectively probably 15 of those movies that I can't even really tell which one's better or which one's worse because no, they all sort just, of, it's kind of blend into the one little it's thing just in the a middle. pudding yeah <laughs> pudding of marvel movies and then you got a few that are like oh yeah this one really stands out yeah. and then you have iron man 3 <laughs> iron man 3 <laughs> gets so much hate from you and it's undeserved <laughs> undeserved um yeah. yeah yeah i i think you're right i think there's a there's a level they should strive for and i think they do the fact that they don't hit that is probably part of the reason for some of the hate 
But I honestly believe that if they did hit Winter Soldier, original Iron Man, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 levels every time, they'd still get this hate. Yeah. Um, I guess better or worse, you know, we, we're going to find out pretty quick here um, how different things are going to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I think the fact that they're not doing big team up movies or they're not planning to yeah. uh, do, you know, a giant Avengers movie like they did is smart. Um, and, you know, it, it shows to me that they're still interested in, in maybe not innovating, but like doing different things. Sure. Uh, they're not, it's not a one trick pony. We'll see. Uh, yeah. But yeah, let us know uh, if you think we nailed it. If you think we're right, if you think we're wrong, if you hate Martin Scorsese. Uh, <laughs> don't talk uh, to me if you do. Yeah. <laughs> Come at me with your really bad DC opinions, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, let's hear from the Snyder bros. Uh, yeah, and we'll see you later in the week.